Okay, good morning, Shavuot Tov. Today's daf is daf pay test. Today's shir is Le'ilu Nishma Shaina Bas Yitzchak. May her neshama have an aliyah and may her memory be a blessing. Um, we're going to go from the beginning of the Mishnah at the bottom of pay test. And with base 88b. So the Mishnah starts with a pasuk, V'neder almono ugrusha yokumo le'o. The vow of an almono or a grusha will be will stand. It's not an alt and it can't be an alt, it stands. Interesting, if you notice, the Mishnah is actually paraphrasing the Pasuk. Um, it's something that I noticed, I don't know, like not point out, but the Mishnah and the Gomorrah often paraphrase Pasukim. Once in a while you'll see the commentaries of those who are particular on the, te- on the, on the text come along and say, no, change this word to that word, or fill in this amount, or something, but here, I mean, here they're just leaving out the middle and bringing the the essential parts, but sometimes the Gemara even seems to change the words just to paraphrase it, which is quite, uh, if you, I don't know, in my mind, like if there's one thing you expect to be quoted or referenced accurately, it's psukin, you know, but that's uh, it's an interesting thing uh, that, I, that I have uh, picked up on. And so the Mishnah says this possible again, that the vow of, a ne- of an Amon and a Grusha are verified. Now the Rand points out that the pasuk, yeah, in, in, to understand the rest of the Mishnah, he points out that the pasuk can't be coming to teach the straightforward halacha because that there's no one to annul her neder because that's obvious. Who's who should be able to annul her neder of the Salmon or Grisha? So that can't be the halacha that is coming to tell us. And therefore the Mishnah discusses two scenarios. Basically what happens if she takes the neder and that on a condition. So she says, I take my neder that in 30 days I will. I, uh, I'll start tomorrow, that famous line. And in 30 days, carbs become forbidden to me. Whatever the exact neder is, what happens if she gets married in the middle, in the between that time frame? So that her, her date of specifying the neder and the date that it kicks in is later. What happens if she's married and her husband annuls the netter that she says in 30 days my netter kicks in and then 30 days come and she's no longer married was the nullification ver- verified. So that's what um, how the run highlights that this is the apostles coming to discuss that case. So let's see how the Mishnah learns which one is it. So Kate said what are we talking about? So Amra Harani Yom she says I become a Nazir in at the end of 30 days, even though she got married within 30 days, she's not able to get it annulled. You go after when the neder was taken. That's how Mishnah, very important, that's what our Mishnah says, you go after when the neder was taken. So she took it as a single girl, she now, or even as an Arusa, but she's now done and she's properly married. Her husband can't annul the dorim. Remember, ain't may fear in bekoidbin. Once she's done nisuyin, her husband can't annul any nadorim that were taken before. And with the neder, you go after when it's taken. Nadra vehibir shusabal. If she takes a neder under the reshus of her husband, so she's married, mayfarlo he can annul it for her. Kate said, "What are we talking about? Or when? Is, when are we talking about? Omra hareni nazir laachar lamed." If she says, I will be a Nazir after 30 days, even though she becomes widowed or divorced within that 30 days, it is annulled. Uh, we don't go after when the neder kicks in, we go after when the neder was taken. And it, you know, this just seems to 
flesh out these cases. But not Rabobayom, if she takes the netter on the day that she did Nisuyin, when he's Garsha Bobayom, and she also got divorced on that day, Hechzira and then Bobayom, and he remarried her all on that day. Very busy day. In the morning, she took a netter. In the, uh, a bit later, she got married, she got divorced, and then she got remarried. She's not able to annul it. Sorry, yo, this, is a, this is a new point, this part of the Mishnah. Why, well, now, why is she not able to annul it? So, this is the general rule. As soon as she's in her own jurisdiction for wide babad, that netter cannot be annulled. Again, because if it's her father, as soon as she does, needs to remember her father can only annul the dorim, we'll see this a bit later in the day, um, until she's done Nisuyin. As soon as she does Nisuyin, the father can't annul any more vows, um, cancel any vows. Um, if she's done Nisuyin, she cannot annul any of the dorim that were taken before Nisuyin. So this case where she took a netter and then got married and then divorced and then remarried, well, in that short time frame that she was divorced, that's, uh, well, the, yeah, the netter was, she's in her own jurisdiction, so there's no one, her father can't annul in her dorim, and once she gets remarried, well then, any netter that was taken before that marriage is invalid. Okay, let's go on into the Gomorrah. So now the Gomorrah is going to focus on and bring a machloikas. We said that very clearly from our Mishnah that you go after the time the netter was taken. Not when it, again, we're obviously, I mean, obviously the halacha would be true if she takes a netter when she's single, and it kicks in when she's single, well then when she dies, Nisuyin, her husband can no longer annul that. And obviously the halacha is also true if she's completely married, and the husband, and the netter, and she takes a netter and it kicks in, and the husband cancels it, and then they get divorced, or widowed, then the netter was already taken and cancelled. The whole novel point that we're, that we're focusing on in this discussion is where there's this lapse between when she took the netter and when it kicks in. So okay, in that we learned in our Mishnah, you go after when the netter was taken. We're now going to show that it's actually a machlokes. Tanya, If a woman, if you have a widow or a divorced woman, and if you think about it, well, let's look at the case. Amra, who says, I am a nazira when I get married, and then she gets married. Rabbi Yishmol Oimer Yofer, Rabbi Akiva Oimer Lo Yofer. Rabbi Yishmol says she can annul it, and Rabbi Akiva says she cannot annul it. The Simonai and the way to remember, it seems the previous case and the next case, Yalali. I'll, I'll show that for him, but let's just read the next case. So that, that's a case of a single woman who says, when I, or sorry, yeah, a single woman, an Almono Grusha, who said that when I get married, I'll become a Nazir. Now we're going to see the opposite. A married woman who says, Behold, I become, I'll be a Nazir when I, divor- when I get divorced. And then she gets divorced. Rabbi Yishmol Omer Rabbi Shimon says, It cannot be annulled. And Rabbi Kiva Omer Rabbi Kiva says, It can be annulled. If you notice, Rabbi Yishmol goes after when the netter takes effect. If you just look at the first line again, this widow or divorced woman, and as you'll see, it makes no difference on a single woman. It's just saying even a widow or divorced woman who then who says, when I get married, I'll be a Nazir. Rabbi Shmuel says, when she gets married, the husband can annul her neder. Because Rabbi Shmuel says, you go after what they refer to in the commentary, says, when the neder takes effect. 
So that's why. So Rabbi Shmuel saying you go after when the netter takes effect, and Rabbi Kiva says no, you go after when the netter was taken. And that's how you explain machlokas. Very interesting. It seems to me this simono yaloli is generally the Gemara once in a while gives us a mnemonic or something to remember how to um, what's it to remember a way to remember the sugya. So it seems he's going on the previous point and the next point, and yud stands for yofer. And Lamed stands for Loyofer. So if you look at the previous case, it's an Amono Grusha who said, I'll be a Nazi when I get married. And then she gets married. So Rabbi Shmuel says, Yofer, that's the Yud. And Rabbi Akiva says, Loyofer, she's not allowed to get married. And then in the next case, just after the Siman, a married woman who says, I'll be a Nazi when I get divorced. Rabbi Shmuel says, that's the second Lamed, Loyofer. And Rabbi Akiva says, the second Yud, um, Yofer. So I think once you've discussed and analyzed the Siman, you might be able to remember <laughs> the Sugya better. But uh, I thought it was just a tricky one how, how it even ties into the Sugya, but that seems to be a. Um, so, 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 oh, so we have this Machloikes, Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmuel, to go after when the Neder was taken, or to go after Chalosa Neder when the Neder kicks in. So she said, oh, at when, I mean, our Mishnah was a case of, she said, after. We'll see it's, it's an important distinction where she says, after 30 days, I will be a Nazir, and she ends up getting married in the interim. Or she says, after 30 days, I'll be a Nazira, and she ends up, a married woman says, I'll be a Nazira, and she gets divorced in the interim. Whereas these two cases of a woman who says, when I get married, I'll be a Nazira, or when I get divorced, I'll be a Nazira. That's the point of discussion here. Omar, Rabbi Yishmuel, Rabbi Yishmuel says, Hare, Hu, Oimer. The Pasuk says, V'neder almono ugrusha, the vow of a widow and a divorced woman, I ad sheyahay neder, until the neder comes into being, as I said, when the neder takes effect, and v'shas almonos v'grushin, and that's when she's widowed or divorced. That's Rabbi Shmuel explaining himself. He says, the key part of the Pasuk to look at is the word veneda when there is a vow. There isn't a vow. Granted, she said the words, but there isn't a vow until she's divorced. And that's why she can, um, no one can annul it. Rabbi Kiva, Sava, Rabbi Kiva holds no. Harehu Oime, behold, it says, Kol asher osra al Anything that she forbids on herself. Adshi yahei isurei neder b'shas almonus v'girushin. There just has to be the isur of the neder, either neder, the neder having been taken while she was an almono grusha. So that's the basis for Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmuel, um, whether you go after the time the neder was taken, I Rabbi Akiva, because he says the emphasis on the pasuk is kol asher osro, when she forbids it on herself, when does she forbid it on herself? When she takes a neder. Or Rabbi Shmuel says you go after chalos neder when the neder was taken, and that is um, because it says neder when the vow um, when she's bound by the vow okay now the, now Omar now if you noted we seem to be discussing the same case, the Mishnah and the Brisa. The only difference was the Mishnah used. She says, I become an Azira after 30 days. And the Brisa was where she says, I become an Azira after I get married. Or she's married and she says, I become an 
Nazira after she becomes divorced. So just focus on that. Omar Abchizda Manisin Rabbi Akivihi. Abchizda says that the Mishnah is like Rabbi Akiva. Again, because our Mishnah very clearly went after when you take the Nere, not when the Nere kicks in. And, the, and that's what Rabbi Akiva holds. But Rabbi Shmuel said you go after when the Nere takes effect. So Abaye Omar Abaye says, Afilu Taima Rabbi Shmuel. You can even say if it's in our Mishnah, if it's in with Rabbi Shmuel, my niece in Talia because in our Mishnah she depended her neder on a time frame on days, I thirty days. Brisa Talia and in the Brisa she depended it on her marriage. Shalmu Yuma you can have a case where the day is completed and she is not divorced or case where the days are finished and she is not married unlike the bryser you can never have that the nether only kicks in when she changes her status and that um, let's see the run inside he puts it uh, fairly clearly so it's the run uh, it's in line with about halfway down the Gomorrah the, the Alef, the Afilu, the Alef Payud, is bold. So Afilu Tamer Ishmael, the Chi also Rabbi Shmuel Basar Chalos Haneder. When does Rabbi Shmuel say you go after when the Neder kicks in? Hani Mili Ki Talia Nafshei Binisuin Oibe Girushin. That's specifically where she depends the Neder on getting married or getting divorced. Hilcha Kivain Shi E Eshar Le Amiras Haneder VeChalos Haneder Shi Hey Bishus Echad. Because then it's impossible that the declaration of the neder and the taking the taking into effect coming into effect of the neder will happen in the same rishus again if she depends her neder on getting married that's, then when she says the neder she's single and she the neder only kicks in when she's married so it's impossible for that neder to be in the same the the amira and the chalos to be in the same rishus so that's where Rabbi Shmuel holds. You go after Chalos when the Neder takes effect. But our Mishnah, which said she depends it on a time frame, the Efshar de means it's possible that that time frame will end, and then the Neder will kick in, and she won't be married. Or the other way around, the Shalmuyume or it could be that the, the 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 dates the, the day will the, the days she mentioned about will end and she won't have got divorced. And it comes out that the the declaration of the neder and the effect the coming into effect of the neder echod bishus echod is in one rishus. Well, therefore, even when the rishus changes, that she does does happen to get married or divorced in between the time of the taking of the neder and the death, and the effect of the neder you go after the declaration and not after when it takes effect and the logic is because the neder could take effect at the time or in, sorry in that rishus in that same rishus that that um as when she took the netter. Uh, what's the, the runs pointing out? Why Rabbi Shmuel, a Kontabaya, would make this distinction? Where she depends the netter on getting married, or if she is married, she depends the netter on getting divorced, it's impossible for the declaration of the netter and the chalos ha 
to be in the same rishus. She's either single in her own rishus or her father's and father's rishus, and then she's married in her husband's rishus, or the other way, or she's married in her husband's rishus and then divorced in her and she's in her own rishus. So in both of in in that case, it's impossible for the for when she takes it, since she depends the neder on um, getting married or getting divorced, it's impossible that the um, the declaration and the bringing into effect are in the same rishus. So Rabbi Yishmael says, in that case, you go after the chalas haneder when it takes effect, when it kicks in. And that's, well, I mean, yeah, whether she can annul it or not. And the... Um, Whereas in the, an example like a mission where she depends it on time, so she says, with I will be a nazir and a zero after thirty days, I'll be a nazir and, and a zero after six months, I'll be in a zero after one week. Whatever the time frame she gives, it's possible that she'll be in the exact same state as when she took the netter and when the netter comes into effect. So in that case, Rabbi Shmuel agrees, since the netter can take effect in the state she's in, I'm married or divorced, you would follow that, um, you'd follow, you follow the taking of the netter. And therefore, Rabbi Shmuel also fits in Al Gamora. And <coughs> the Ram just points out that we would follow Rabbi Akiva. So regardless of the scenario, you follow when the netter was taken. Okay, let's carry on into the next point. So Zeha Klal Diktani. Oh, so Mishnah points out, I, I, I don't remember well enough, but it, it, from the next few it's going to imply the only time we've seen Zeha Klal is in our Mishnah and one Mishnah earlier on. And the Mishnah sets out the framework and then it says Zeha Klal, this is the general rule, which we always then ask the question, unless it's something we haven't been told, but just about always it will lay the case, lay the groundwork for the halach and say this is the general rule. What's the general rule coming to add? You could have worked it out from the previous clause in the Mishnah. So, so, so we're going to mention both Zeha clouds. They're not depend, they, they seem to be very similar, but they're not. They're, they're independent. So Zeha cloud Diktani Gabi Nara Murasa. The Zeha cloud that we taught in Perek Nara Murasa. There it's discussing that as long as she has not left her father's house, I, she, she does a rusin and she's in her father's under her father's jurisdiction she needs her father and her husband to annul to cancel her notorium that's what it's discussing there so the klal that it says there um, la'atuye what's it coming to include I that her father and her husband annul her neder so holacha'av im shluchay habal if the husband continues with Shlucha Baal. I, he went to hand her over to people sent to collect her to take her to her husband's house. Remember the standard mechanisms in those days should stay in her father's home for a rusin and then she'd be sent or she'd go make a whole procession however they would do it but she would then be taken to her husband and then they would go into Nisuyin. What we're going to point out now before I read it inside is that basically for Nadorim as soon as her husband Hands, her father hands her over to the husband, to her new husband, or to her, to the agents of the husband, as long as the husband, as, as even though they haven't done Nisuyan, they haven't gone to Chuppah yet, she's just being, she's walking down the, it's basically she's walking down the aisle, it's just before the father's handed her over. Um, it's as her, she's under her husband's rishus. 
So that's what we, and we're going to point out, however, if the father accompanies them, then she's still under her father's rishah. If the father goes with those sent by the husband to collect her, <coughs> or the messenger, the agents of the father goes with those sent by the husband to collect her, benara murasa, regarding anara murasa, davi obalam, if you're in nadorea, still her father and her husband, <coughs> And now her Nadorimah, even though she's been handed over, since the father or his messengers are still with her, she's under both of their jurisdictions. Um, yeah, what's it? Oh, yeah, let's just read the next one. And Zeha Klal Diktani Gaba Elu Nadorim, the Zeha Klal in Alperic of Elu Nadorim, I in the Mishnah we just read, that's coming to teach for Elu Nadorim. Um, Latuya, it's coming to include if the father gave her over into the messengers of the husband or the messengers of the father handed her over to the messengers of the husband her husband can no longer annul koidmim remember, as long as she's considered a nara murasa and she's under her father's jurisdiction any neder she's taken up until that point it seems in her life both her father and her husband can annul. However, once she's handed over to her husband, well, let, let's go to the opposite extreme. If they do nisuyin, then we know her husband has full jurisdiction, but he cannot annul any nadorim taken before their marriage. What about this time frame when she's been handed over to her husband? She's in his rishus because her father gave over to the messengers who are going to take her to the wedding. But they haven't yet done Nisuyen. So this is what our mission is talking, that it's already any nether she took before that is considered koidmim, and the husband can't annul it. Interestingly enough, so, so, yeah, so that's the halacha that we see, that once the husband's handed over, in a way it's as if they've done Nisuyen, and the husband can no longer annul the dorim, even though they haven't done chuppah yet. He can no longer annul the dorim from before. There's a machlokes rishonim. There's just a side point. What happens? So we know that again before this handover, her father and her husband are now in the dorim. After the handover, well, after nisuyin, only her husband can annul the dorim, and he can't annul the dorim she's taken earlier. What about this interim period where she's been handed over, but? Uh, well, we know. We also know in this interim period when she's been handed over but not yet done chuppah, that she's in her husband's rishus, so he can't annul any earlier nadorim. What about actual nadorim she takes at that stage? So it's a long journey. The husband sent people to uh, take her from uh, South Africa to Israel, and so what, or whatever, and it's going to take a few hours. And on the aeroplane, so she's left her father's rishus, so she's now in her husband's rishus. And on the airplane, she takes a letter. Is she considered under the jurisdiction of her husband, as if they've done Nisuyin? The Ran seems to say yes. So he would be allowed to annul a letter she takes then. Because the handing over, regarding the Dorim, the handing over of the father, is as good as Nisuyin regarding um, the Dorim. Whereas other Ishoinim, like the Ritva amongst them, um, they say no. You're right, she's now completely in her husband's Rishus. But they haven't done, yet done Nisuyim. So the husband wouldn't be allowed to take Nadorim, taken at that point. Okay, let's go on to the new Mishnah. Now this is a this is an interesting Mishnah. It basically brings three cases 
Asnan cases, which we're going to see is three categories. Each category is addressing a time where her, um, who's, who's, who, where her nadorim stand, and they can't be annulled. Each of those, the Gemara is going to come along and say, the Rab, that's Rabbi Yehuda, well, that's Rabbi Yehuda, but we only give three definitions. Um, we only give three definitions, and it's going to turn out that basically Rabbi Yehuda's just elaborating. So let's see it inside. So station Iris Nidraim Kayom. There are nine women whose Nadarim stand. So let's do the run on this first line just while we're here. So if you look um, um, the run starting at the Mishnah, it's about the sixth last line of the page. It says Tashan Anaris, there are nine girls whose Nadarim stand. Hanaftasha Kulu Isnu Bislam Plus. These nine can be included into three categories. The Hainu they are Yesome Bahaya Ab an orphan in her father's life. What does it mean, an orphan in her father's life? That she's got married, so her, it's no longer her father in regards to annulling her nadorim. She does still have a father, but she is. Via Soime Mamash, an actual mourner, an uh, orphan, an actual orphan. Uvoi Geres, and the third category is the Bukeres. Remember the three stages of a woman of a woman's uh, development. She goes from a katana to a nara for six months, and then she becomes a Bukeres. In all these three um, scenarios, she leaves her husband's, her father's rishus. And therefore, the Rabbonin will see over the page only list these three. Rabbi Yehuda just splits each of these three categories into another three examples. This is quite important. Why does Rabbi Yehuda do that? What's the point? If you have three clear categories, what's the point of Rabbi Yehuda bringing, splitting them into three examples? So he says, so we say in the Yerushalmi, Rabbi Yehuda only said this to sharpen his Talmidim, to get his Talmidim thinking about it. Okay, let's see the nine in the Mishnah. So Teishonaris Nidrem came. So the first one of the first category is Boigeres Vahiyasoma. Again, all the, the first three are all discussing Yosome Bechaye of Yosome in her father's lifetime. So this would be if she becomes Bulgaris, I 12 and a half, and she already, she had previously done Yosuyim. So there are actually two reasons in that example why her Nadorim stand. One is she's a Bulgaris, and secondly, she did Yosuyim, so she's not in her father's Rishus anymore. Second one, Naro Upagra, Vahi Yosome. If she was a Naro, and she became 12 and a half, and she'd been married in the interim. And the third example, Nara Shaloi Bagra Soma, a Nara, a young girl, a Nara, let's say 12, 12 and, uh, 12 and a few months, she did not yet become a Bulgaris, but she'd done Nisuyan, so she's no longer in her father's rishos. Okay, let's see, so that's the first category, all cases where she's had done, previously done Nisuyan, so she's no longer in her father's rishos. Her Nadorim stand. The next category, is and so this is the fourth example, Bulgaris or May Sophia. If she's a Bulgaris and her father dies. Naara Bulgaris Umay Sophia. She's a Naru who becomes a Bulgaris and her father dies. And the sixth example, Nara Shaloi Bagra Umay Sophia, and Nara who has not yet become a Bulgaris and her father has died. As an actual orphan who would normally whose father would normally annul her Nadorim, any Nadorim she takes stand. There's no one to annul them. 
Then the third category. So these are all cases. Um, to do with um, Bogeres. A young girl whose father had died, and subsequent to him dying, she became a Bogeres. Or Bogeres Vavia Kayem, if you have a Bogeres but her father's alive. Nara Bogeres Vavia Kayem, or you have a young girl who grew into a Bogeres and her father was alive. Oh, she took the Nero when she was a Nara, she grew into a Bogeres, and her father's still alive, he can no longer annul in a dorm. Again, very, if you notice, there. There's almost only one example in each of those that that's the exclusive reason. Again, the reasons this, this woman we're discussing cannot have an Nadorim annulled, and we'll see this again clearly in the Gemara, either because she's previously did Nisuyin. As soon as she does Nisuyin, she leaves her father's Rishus, and even if she gets divorced one minute later, she's left her father's Rishus, she never goes back to being under her father's Rishus that he can annul her Nadorim. The second scenario is. Um, a Bogeres. Well, well, the second one is that her father's actually um, um, her father's died. Well, then there's no one to annul her nadorim. And the third one is a Bogeres. And then Rabbi Yehuda, as we understood from the Yerushalmi, he's just trying to stimulate his Talmidim to think. So some of them are, there might be two reasons, some of them there might be one, some of them security reason, etc. Okay, and then the mission case on Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Rabbi Yehuda adds, Af Even someone who marries off his minor daughter, and she becomes widowed on his garsha or divorced, and she returns home. So he married her off when she was 11, and she returned home, she got divorced or widowed. Then, Adai and Hina'ara, she's still considered... Um, while she was still a Nara, even in that case, when the Dorim stand, as I emphasized, once Nisuin is done, she leaves her father's Rishus, even if Nisuin was done when she was only 11 or something. Okay, Omri Behuda, Omar Rav, Rav said in the name of Rav, Zudi This Mishnah, which listed nine cases, is Rav Yehuda, Aval Chachomim, Oimrim, the Chachomim say, Sholosh Naros Nidrem Kayomim, there are specifically three um, women whose Nidorim cannot be annulled that they stand, a Bogeres, a Yesoima, a Yesoima Bechaya Av. I said those are the three categories that we've just mentioned. Let's go on to the next Mishnah. Um, this Mishnah is discussing, can the husband cancel a neder that, ha- that the condition is not yet met? So does it kick in yet? It hasn't kicked in yet, can he cancel it? So, She takes a neder that she will not get benefit from her father or her father or his father, if she does anything for him. So she says to her husband, if I do any favors for you, I will not be allowed to get benefit from my father or your father. Um, or she says, loch, Or she says, I take a neder that I won't get benefit from you if I do any favors for my father or your father. Hareze, Yofar, in both cases, the husband can annul it. I, even though the neder has not yet kicked in, the husband can annul it. The first case, again, the first case is clear. The, the run highlights The first case is clear. What's a neder? If I do anything, if I do anything for you, my husband, I cannot get benefit from mine or your father. Now, why can't you definitely? Firstly, we expect her to do things for her husband. 
So that would affect their marriage if we don't allow her to keep the condition. And secondly, even if she does go through with the kids, she does things for her husband, she's now not allowed to get benefit from her husband or her father, which if you remember earlier on in the parak, we said where a woman takes a netter that she's not allowed to get benefit from a person, that's either inui nefesh, because she might end up needing food from them, I guess especially if we're speaking about her father or her father-in-law, or... Um, or according to Rabbi Yossi, who was strict, that's at least Bainola Bainola, it's going to affect their marriage. And then he says, let's go visit my parents. And she's like, well, I can't eat there. Can't, uh, you know, so it's going to cause a thing. So that's the first case. The second case is not so clear, the Rand points out, but he says it is part of that Kiddush. Because what she says, she says, I won't get benefit from you if I don't do, um, if I do a favor for my father or your father. So you can say, just don't do a favor for one your father or your father-in-law, and you can still get benefit from your husband. And how's that? How's not doing not doing a favor for someone? It's not inu nefesh. So, so the Rand points out, he says, no, but the chances of her in their marriage doing a favor for her father or her father-in-law are very high, which will then bring the netter, kick in the netter that she's not... Um, um, won't be allowed to get benefit from her husband, which is definitely inu nefesh or affect the marriage. So the run seems to emphasize if a netter is likely to take effect, that even though the conditions doesn't affect inu nefesh or their marriage, and even though the condition, you don't have to keep the condition, so maybe the netter will never come about. If it's likely to happen, that is good enough. Uh, that's good enough to get the netter annulled. Uh, let's just start the Gomorrah. Tanya... Yeah, so Tanya, if she took a netter that she won't get benefit from her father or father-in-law, if she does anything for her husband, Rabbi Nason, Rabbi Nason says she can't annul it, and the Chachomim says she can annul it. If she takes a netter, getting benefit from all Jews, if I have she says, if I have relations with a husband, I won't get allowed to get benefit from any husband. Rabbi Nason, Oimer, lo yofor. Rabbi Nason says, you're not allowed to get an out. The Chachomim, Oimerim, yofor. The Chachomim say, yofor, she can get it an out. It seems the Machloikes, Rabbi Nason, and the Chachomim, and we'll leave it here for today, is, can, if she takes, the netter hasn't yet kicked in. And the condition, um, it's kind of what we're discussing in our Mishnah, and the condition doesn't affect them. Does can the, can the husband another netter, or must he wait for the netter to kick in? So if you just look at the, let's just look at the second example. She says, "I'll be forbidden to all Jews if I have tashmish with you." So there, she so have tashmish with her husband and become forbidden to all Jews. As we pointed out that earlier on, if she does take a net, again, without the condition, she just says, takes a net and the tulamina, she's forbidden to all Jews, then it does, he can annul the netter, etc. But here it's dependent on a condition, and the condition doesn't affect them because she can just have Tashmish with her husband and then a thing. So that's why Rabbi Nossin seems to say, no, wait for the netter to kick in, and then we'll worry about it. And the Chachamim say, no, since it's. Um, it, it can, it's, it's a strong enough netter, it's clear enough netter, even though it's dependent on a condition that you can still annul it. A very good week.